Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. Wow, here we are. Episode number 15. Nick, did you ever think at the beginning of this year we'd be doing a disc golf podcast slash show slash awesome hanging out with other disc golfers? Like, did you think this would happen? No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, literally, no. Not, we kind of, we joked around about it, just wanted to get more involved in the media side of disc golf. And uh, it came into fruition. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of what uh, COVID can do, right? It just changes yeah. things. And I think that's going to become like an adjective. Is that the right word there? An adjective like, hey, you just got COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just got 2020. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, we do hear that out there right now. Yeah. Um, so people are jumping in right now live. Awesome. If you're listening later to a podcast recording, you're totally welcome to join as well. Anytime post or live tonight, we have some really cool things happening. We've got, how do we, you, how do you even intro we this have, guy? We have a really cool guest coming on. Yeah. You, he's been made famous by his own, you know, good looks. No, I don't think it's maybe. It's, it's it's his own it's his own hair cutting skills. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure COVID's done a, done a number yeah. on that. I know it has for me. Um, but so Nate Sexton, we'll just say okay, yep. Nate Sexton. He's uh, again U.S. champion. That's extremely impressive and mm -hmm. awesome. Um, he is a commentator now famous. For being the C yeah. CBS, yeah. I mean Sports Network. We'll He's talk made about. it. Nate's made it. I think above all in the disc golf world, Nate's like Nate's up here. CBS Sports are hitting him up now for everything else too. Yeah, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about that, and then um, obviously he he does that for Jomez regularly. But I think more, more I don't know importantly, but more famous, if you will, for the Sexton Firebird. Nick, do you have a disc that is like starts out with your last name? No, no, it doesn't happen no. very often. <laughs> nope. It doesn't happen very often. And I said last week, and I think it was a hot take that it's probably the most collectible disc on the market right now. Hands down. That was my hot take. I don't know if it's hot or not, but you kind yeah. of said, eh, Macbeth. And I said, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Firebirds, because especially that was kind of like one of the big first collector discs that mm -hmm. hit the disc golf market were the Sex and Firebirds. And they've kind of just blown up and they haven't gotten stale at all. Like every single time and of a post about them, you you know, someone would go to click on it and they'd be sold out again. OK, so we are going to talk about CBS. We're going to talk to yep. Nate. Obviously, uh, we're going to shout out a cool win that happened in our area, mm -hmm. but it was on the national scene as well uh, for a local player to us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then. um we'll see where we're at after we let Nate go, what we want to talk about, but stick around. We've always got something great to talk about. Um, yeah. And can I just say, before we bring him in, you and I both know him outside of just, I guess, professional disc golf. Uh, yep. We've been able to spend some time. We brought it up when we were talking to Kona. We went out and had an ice cream cone together. Yeah. <laughs> we talked theology and everything. It was really interesting. Yeah. It was a good time. Totally um, didn't even remember it until we started reminiscing with Kona about it. And it was like, oh my God, that, yeah, that happened. I totally forgot about that. So <laughs> it was nah. cool. So super good got, times with Sexton. Yeah. And I can remember the first recollection going back to real quick, the Sexton Firebird. This was Oh, this is going to be a while ago. It might have been when you're staying with us. I'm not going to lie. Like I, 2015 is like the most famous Sexton Firebird, I feel like. And I remember on the course, I think I might have been caddying for Nate. And someone came up, was like, oh, I got one of your, I got that same Sexton Firebird. And I'm like, what's a Sexton Firebird? This is literally, I've been playing 14 yeah. years and I didn't know. And ever since that point, it's like, man, I wish I collected about 10 of those now because I could be rich. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, 
we do have a very special guest to bring in, and so we're going to do that now. His name is Nate Sexton, and he's joining and he us on the Nick and Matt Show. What's up, Nate? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I mean, this is this is cool. Nate Sexton. He's in our show. <laughs> we're, we're just going to shut up now and just yeah. sit back and just let Nate take let over Nate and work. let our followers and subscribers just yeah. keep increasing. It would just be... Hey, I'll, I'll do what I can, man. Well, I, you know, you know, first off, what do you think? What's what's your personal favorite run of the Sex and Firebirds? Um, the twenty, like he, like Matt said, the 2015 was the first one. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, it's the rarest because it was the first. So nobody really knew that much about it then. Yep. And also it's the first one that I threw and learned to love. And so I'm kind of still on those ones because. It doesn't take one year to beat up a Firebird. Yeah. <laughs> they, if you don't lose it, they last a long time. So I still throw those, but every I'll try every year. They all fly fairly similar. There's little changes, uh, you know, year to year, but they're all great. But I, I would say, you know, first love is the is those 2015s. So. Gotcha. Man. So I just got to say, let's, let's reminisce for just a little bit. Nate, do you remember? I'm sure you do, actually. It's just like over my shoulder that way like you spent i think what was it like it was almost it was a 10 day period you guys had to like 2000 um 2000 or maybe that's too much a thousand discs delivered to my house for the uh mcpro challenges or whatever it was the mcbeast yeah. Challenges. oh yeah the mcbeast challenges <clears throat> yeah. carrying them down here so we're in that same area but we've just turned it into a studio and um so you're back in studio kind of uh, what does it feel like nice. to be back? No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh man, the smells, everything's, everything's incredible. back to yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd be back here. One of the things I thought, and I'm kind of in a weird way, I'm kind of like disappointed in, I should have had every pro who comes through just like sign the wall or something. There would have been a lot of cool players, including you, of course. Yeah. I've seen people do stuff like that. Yeah. It is kind of a cool thing okay, for, okay. Uh, for some cool. I'm, likes this. I'm glad it's cool and not weird. Um, no. <laughs> So uh, let's let's talk about it really quickly. First of all, congrats on the CBS premiere. Like you are obviously a part, a big part in a, a different aspect, but a big part of Joma's production. And they got the gig, if you will. I know I know there's, we've talked about this in other episodes, the whole partnership and all that. But like you were a part of that gig and you were just featured last night on CBS Sports Network. What does that mean to you? And besides that. How did it differ being a part of that production as opposed to a normal Jomez production? Man, I mean, it was pretty special to get to get the chance to watch it. And and uh, we're going to watch again tonight. Obviously, we got uh, the DVR going so that we can uh, watch them once my wife gets home. But as far as, you know, how different it was, I went to Kansas only for media because of COVID. I was not planning on going at all or or competing. But then it was sort of like this all hands on deck Jomez thing and and far be it for me to be the guy that kind of stands in the way of this huge break that they were, you know, given this opportunity to try a different medium. Yeah. So it was cool. I was just like working as a media guy and observing the, the play and and then we didn't even really record that much commentary that at the time we did that Jeremy and one of the Jomez editors actually flew here to Washington and we did all the recording in a hotel room later because it took a while to do all the editing and uh, get all the graphics packages uh, nailed down and everything. So it was different in a lot of ways, but, you know, still working with the same core group of talented guys in uh, Jomez Pro and it was fun. Man, like 
I enjoy production, okay? In fact, I just, I flew to two Disc Golf Pro Tour events myself this year to help Terry Miller do production stuff. Like, I enjoy it, and I just got my own gig actually locally, my first totally produced gig that I'm going to do. It's cool. So, like, I enjoy what you did, and I watch it really, like, analytically, and I'm like, man, mm -hmm. I sent I sent Jonathan a message. It was like, congrats on the success, man. Like, yeah. there's, it's come so far in such a short period of time. So, uh, awesome. Yeah, they're incredible yeah awesome for you to be a part of um so people want to know and we'll just get this one out you've probably answered it quite a few times at social media and whatnot like where have you been what have you been doing what have you been enjoying <laughs> like uh, lots of board games or or what's what's the deal <laughs> i wish man uh i've been at home my wife is busy she never wants to play any board games man somebody send her an email or something get her get her back on the board game train but uh i've been here at home um with my daughter, uh, with my wife, um, just kind of, uh, taking it easy really, just because for me, I, I don't have an RV anymore. And my family situation is such that I can't like go on tour for weeks and weeks and weeks. So my, the model for me is fly in, fly out. And against the backdrop of COVID-19 and this pandemic, that just didn't seem like a reasonable thing for me to be doing when the governor of our state is saying avoid non-essential travel and all mm -hmm. this other stuff. It just sort of felt like, you know, disc golf strangely during this time has felt like simultaneously the most important and the least important things in my life. Uh, because I know it's my livelihood and I know almost everyone I know and all my friends and all the great people at Innova and Discraft and all the other brands, you know, disc golf is a big money thing and it, and it supports a lot of people. But at the same time, it was like, man, is this against against the idea of people dying and getting sick? It didn't make sense to me to be flying in and out. And that's yeah. not to make any judgment on my peers who are driving from place to place. And I think they have a little bit more control over their exposure when they're not having to go through airports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this whole year, it's it. <laughs> there's a lot of judgments flying around. Yeah. But like, I think the best thing to do is to let people choose their people their individuals and i and i respect a hundred percent your decision as well um and so it, it's tough because every single state has different kind of laws there were yeah. kids who couldn't go or players who couldn't go out to certain tournaments because of the states they'd be driving through weren't allowing like yep. if you drove into it you'd have to quarantine like with massachusetts if you're coming from a state that's not within you know kind of like the good regulations then you're technically supposed to get a negative test or quarantine for 14 days. Nick's trying to get his negative test right now. He was doing that right before the show. Yeah, He's trying exactly. to go to GMC. I got one yeah. two weeks ago, and then tomorrow I'll be scheduled in to get another <laughs> one. And it's, you know, obviously, you know, with me, I work in the construction industry, but we're very limited on who we see. Like the people that I work with are the people that I see every single day, and I spend most of my time with them, and then I'm back home yeah. at that point. Nick's not, yes. Okay. So let's go back to see. <laughs> we we need to know does Nick test positive? That's what everyone wants to know. No. <laughs> so, um, so back to CBS Sports. So normally, like I said, how does it differ? So we talked about the production a little bit. What were some of the things that you changed as a commentator during uh, recording? It, it seemed to me as if we were trying to make this for an audience that's not disc golfers, which you can touch on. Um, and how did it change? Like what you said? What were some of the main thoughts that you had in your adjustment? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This whole thing, I think the point of it really was to try a different way of showing disc golf. So clearly, Joma is super successful on YouTube and those and the DDO will come to YouTube as a traditional Jomez 
video. We did the commentary already for that while we were in Kansas. So eventually that will show up as a normal Jomez full round coverage video. Mm -hmm. But for CBS, it was about sort of more telling the story of the round in the limited amount of time that we had. So you can't show every shot clearly. And then the other thing that we didn't really want to do was talk about like, didn't want to say Heiser or Anheuser or insider sort of terminology okay. that would normally just rolls right off our tongue because we know we're talking to disc golfers. So we wanted to change that around a little bit, do a little bit more of like, you know, and when a disc is thrown backhand, this is what you might expect. And I think you're going to hear a lot of that if you're watching the CBS coverage because we're trying to make it interesting and kind of give a quick look at like how expansive the world of disc golf is and how many different things you can do with the disc. Yeah. Uh, just trying to verbally give people a hint at that, mm. you know, that there's so many different ways to throw it and this will happen here, but without getting so far in the weeds <laughs> that you're going to bore somebody's grandma to death with like, when it's spinning this way, Hey, this could happen. Yeah. But if you threw it hard, it'd flip over. And Oh, if you did that, you know, mm -hmm. cause really there's no rules with disc golf. Like you could say, Oh, backhand, right hand, backhand goes left. But <laughs> That's only true sometimes. Yeah, as you exactly. Guys, you get into an old disc or a flippy disc or Simon Lazab's throwing it, the thing's going right. So yeah. you know, it's a, it's there's so many things to learn. True. But we're just trying to give people a little taste without burdening them with uh with too much. I was thinking like when I watch the Olympics, which I love to do, right? Every four years, like there's a lot of obscure games that you can watch, and I've recognized similarly commentators will do the same thing because you don't have a clue about the sport you're watching. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything from curling to whatever. And yeah. they'll, they'll yeah. talk very... And I, I think you guys nailed it. I really appreciate it. Um, to kind of move on from that topic, my, my initial... And we're going to talk about this after you leave, like more of our thoughts on what is this for the sport and what is that production? What does it do? But I think my initial takeaway is I actually really like it. And one day I hope that we get coverage like that live where we can jump around yeah. to cards and have features yeah. and like that would just be like next level. I just really appreciate I, it. Yeah. I think that's always been the talk is the live coverage is to be able to not just follow the four main people, but to kind of scatter out yeah. throughout the course, but feature the four main people, yeah. obviously, but in kind of like the downtime show Emerson Keith on hole seven while everyone else is on hole six or whatever. Mm. But so, so, so most people probably know, but you're the team captain for uh, Team Innova Discs, okay? Um, yep. And so you're obviously sponsored by Innova, <laughs> being that team captain. I would assume. But yeah. how does a sponsorship at your level work? Is it similar to being employed? Or would you say I'm sponsored? Or like, how does that work? Like a pro at your level, like how do you consider that? Uh, well, technically, you know, technically I'm not an employee. So there's that, I guess. I'm sponsored, but, you know, I I have a guaranteed monthly royalty amounts, you know, against the sales of Firebirds and Fireflies and, and all that. So it feels like having a job for sure because I have, you know, automatic, you know, direct deposit into my bank account every month from Innova. That's like, that's what our relationship is. You know, the my... Um, influence hopefully selling products and you know that's how sponsorship works across all kinds of sports and, and anything else when a company is associating itself with a person who can sort of um, help people just connect with a product or influence people to make a certain choice you know mm -hmm. that that's awesome and so like in a lot like how do I say it? You as a player, obviously, the more you do and the better you perform, the more you probably disc sell and the whole thing. It's just so that's that's fantastic for you. Um, can I ask this kind of this is a forward looking question. 
but like, are you set for life with disc golf? Like in the sense that not necessarily that you're going to be performing for the rest of your life, but like, are you in a place in disc golf where if you play your cards right and like, what does that look like? Like, are you set? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Innova has made it pretty clear to me that um, whenever I want to hang up the discs, they they're interested in having me become an employee and uh, and basically working from home or doing some travel, you know, as needed. I, I don't really want to live in Los Angeles or South Carolina, the two main Innova hubs, because my family is all here in Oregon. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Washington right now, but in this area. So. I am very confident that when my playing days are done or as they wind down, I will be taking a position uh, with Innova to to work with them. And, and w- in what role, I don't know exactly, but gotcha. uh, something, awesome. something in golf. Yeah. That's awesome. Like just as purely like I know we're not best friends. I don't I don't claim that. But just as like friend to friend, like, dude, like I'm really stoked to hear that. Like, that's cool. That's a question of like, what's the future look like? And, and so that's really exciting to hear. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited too. Just to you know, whenever we have conversations, so I was like, oh, that could be a cool avenue to look at. You know, as it's all kinds of things yeah. from like you know amateur tournament stuff to like team team innova future management yeah. to like you know whatever, you know, all kinds of things. I'm 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 open to it all because I love disc golf mm-hmm. and I I can hardly think of a job that I wouldn't like working with those guys. I was just about to ask if there was something that Innova said, hey, you pick your next career path with us. Do you have anything specifically that you would say, yeah, that's what I want to do? Um, <laughs> I think those two things that I mentioned call to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Man- helping with the management of the team, I think is cool and staying involved with professional disc golf because obviously that's been my whole adult life. Uh, and then I also am drawn to the idea of like kind of what Kale LaVisca is doing where of owning my own course maybe and like trying to have like a flagship Innova type amateur tournament nice. in the vein of like the Discraft US amateur yep. that they do, you know. Dude. Like I think there could be space for like a big 500 600 player amateur situation. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> and that I would like to be able to kind of like shepherd that and say, "Yeah, you're coming to to Nate's course or, you know, or whatever and I'll I'll handle all the players packs wow. and then make sure that it's like the best tournament they ever tried. <laughs> yes. It's going to be crazy in like 20 years you're going to have all these OG disc golf players who we all look up to and they're all going to have their own course in a different state like, you know, Paul will have one in Virginia, Kale in Minnesota, Nate in Oregon. Awesome. It's going to be it's going to be that'd a good be time fun. to travel. But um that'd be fun. So you're on the outside of disc golf now in the sense of you're not touring this year. Do you miss playing competitively and do you notice anything that is kind of like that you would change right now with disc golf, whether it be commentary or do you notice something in Jomez <laughs> where it's like, wow, I never noticed that because I'm always with Jomez. Is or, there kind of any, or can yeah. I even add to that? Cause you're asking like, if there's anything you would change, like just disc golf in general, not being on the tour. Do you think, Oh, like maybe the tour should change the way. Like, have you yeah. had these thoughts? Cause you have more time not competing. I'm not saying you have more time in general. But like maybe some sure. of these thoughts have come. Like, what do you see from the outside of touring? Um, I don't know that I I would recommend any sweeping change. I like the tour how it is. Uh, I, certainly, I'm I was encouraged to see you know all the any and all of the COVID measures that they had taken to try to slow that and and keep the players and the volunteers safe. So that was kind of a forward in my mind is as I'm watching is like okay, so what are they doing? Who's Who's wearing masks? What are the rules? Who all is there? Just to try to make sure that disc golf doesn't become part of the problem when you're talking about the spread of a, of a disease. 
So I think they've done a, a pretty good job there, and I'd like to con- I would like to encourage them and hope that they you know don't kind of fatigue with taking that seriously. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do. It's hard to it's hard to stay scared of the same thing forever. You mm-hmm. know, and I find that with myself. You know, it's like at first we were all like, oh boy, everyone stay inside, and then it's like a couple months later, and it's like it's not any less dangerous, but none of us. It's hard. You can't be scared forever. So yeah. You have to always be vigilant and try to remind yourself that, hey, no, no, I do need to take this seriously. Yep. I feel like you're really good with that stuff, Nate. If I had to say, and this is this is a hot take, and I don't know what you think about it. Nate's probably the most mature disc golfer that's ever been on tour. That's my opinion. Nate yeah, and uh, Nick, know. I don't know. It depends how you – it depends. You know, mature is – it's weird. It's hard, yeah. how do you judge that. Like, uh yeah, I don't know. I'll take I take it as a compliment. It is a compliment. No doubt. That's totally no doubt. how I meant it. I think like, and I'm gonna say this again. Maybe it's not a hot take, but I think it's a great topic. Like, if Nate was to say something for our sport, whether it was a social post or a video or anything else, scale of one to ten, Nick, how serious does the rest of the disc golf world take that? Scale of one to ten. Depends. If you're sponsored by Discraft Zero, if you're sponsored by Innova Ten. No, I'm just kidding. No, no like he comes most, out and says, yeah. like, hey, I don't think okay, we can go back just a little bit. When the whole and I'll say the infamous, we've had him on our show, Steve Dodge. We love him. Steve Dodge decided to do things with media and there was all this conversation around right, wrong, and different, whatever. It was epic, right? The whole disc golf world. Nate kind of chimed in in a way. People kind of took it one way. And then he's like, well, it's kind of this way, too. And so, like, the point is there's a full conversation. But do you think, and I know Nate's sitting here right now, and we can kind of ask him what his thought is on this. But do you think Nate having said, like, hey, everybody, I think we should boycott the Pro Tour. I I think Nate knew that that would have weight, and he did not want to say that, but he wanted to start a conversation. Do you you agree with that, Nate? Like, more or less? Like, you knew it was serious. If you said something, you knew that'd be a big deal. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to use, I wanted to do what I felt like was right for me. I didn't really want to tell my, my peers to do anything. I mean, they, a lot of people are in a different spot in their career. They need to be playing every week and they needed to get out there. But yeah, you know, it's, I'm glad that that feels like a long way in the past. Cause when that first happened, it felt like a big kind of like a middle finger to Jomez, you know? And yeah. it's like, those guys are my friends. And it was like hard to be like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. Jomez really built a lot of, they had a big part in building all this in, mm-hmm. in the, in the wave that we're currently riding central coast too. all the media guys, like yes. not try not trying to play favorites. Yes. It but was... yeah, and it, then it was just hard to see that go. Oh, actually, never mind. You know, now we don't, you guys aren't going to be there. You got to pay. And you know, that's growing pains. They're, they're running a business too. So I could see it from both sides. Yeah. I wasn't trying to say these guys are demons and, and we can never talk to them yeah. again. I like Steve. But yeah. for me, it just felt like, okay, well, I'm going to make a choice here. Not only that, but I didn't have time to play every tournament. So they just kind of made an easy choice for me where it was gotcha. like, oh, well, national tours then. Exactly. Know, that and that's, yeah. that's part of what I do is if I'm coming to a tournament, I expect to be able to work with Jomez and be yep. able to use that platform too. It's like, it's like double dipping. It's like, you know, I, I always <laughs> joke, true. like, even when I'm playing bad, I'm still on the lead card because you got to yeah. listen to me. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, if I'm going to get on a plane and fly across the country to play a tournament and one of them I get to be Jomas and one of them I don't, the decision's already made. Mm-hmm. Someone commented, they said, I feel like the way that uh, Nate has the personality that everyone on tour who is under 30 would call him dad. <laughs> they said that's the best way to explain Nate's maturity. The maturity aspect so, of it. So that, I, 
I guess I wasn't trying so much to like bring up like old news as I was to say like, I think you understand as your player, and I would say this about Paul Macbeth and maybe a small handful of other players. Like, I don't even know. I would say if you were to speak and to speak strongly on an issue in disc golf, that there would be a very large following behind that. So yeah. what, what does that feel? I guess, what is that weight that you feel with that? Is there a weight that you feel with that? Uh, not like in a negative way. I think, you know, it's a sign of respect and I, I really appreciate that from, from everybody, you know, where I think people know me to be a person who, you know, thinks before I speak and, and is going to kind of consider things and, and make a, make a choice based on that. So, um, the fact that, you know, younger players will ask me for advice or, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. I, it, it makes me feel good to know that, you know, people respect my opinion and respect the way that I conduct myself. And, you know, I've, that's just what I'm going to continue to do. No, for sure. For sure. I, I learned that from Nate Sexton himself. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the for sure. Yeah. The for sure. For sure. <laughs> it was always, always Nate's thing. All right. What do um, you Nick? Kind of before we jump into the different segments that we have, Kind of like goals as a competitor. Is there a specific tournament you want to win, or do you want to reach a certain milestone? Like, because you yeah. you've said before, I think kind of openly, where you know you you and Paul were different when it came to kind of the McBeast challenges and everything. Like Paul was always the competitor who wanted to win every single tournament. Nate, you were kind of like, hey, throw me in the top five every single time, and I'm beyond content. Like that's a good weekend for you. But you've also had some major wins with Ledgestone, USDGC. And a bunch of others, like, you know, you're still top probably seven or eight highest rated players in the world. Is there a certain tournament out there that you want to win? Or what are what are your end game goals as a player? Um, you know, I think I obviously sure world championships would be fantastic, mm -hmm. but I think I might even rather win the USDGC again if I if I could have one to pick. But also more immediately, I want to win the Kitsap Classic that starts tomorrow. That's an A tier, and I'm coming back. So gotcha. we so, had a we yeah, had a live comment about that. They're like, yeah. ask him what he's playing. So yeah, but so yeah, Kitsap Classic tomorrow. It feels weird to say, yeah. but yeah, I'm playing wow in an A tier. About an hour from here. So nice. the, uh, Nick asked earlier, like you sitting out, like you must be itching to compete as often as you feel comfortable. Um, are there, besides that tournament tomorrow, is there any chance uh, uh, percentage wise that you would hit the US DGC this year? 100%. That you will? Yeah, I'm going. Oh, nice. Awesome. I don't know. Exclusive yeah, news. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I haven't I haven't bought my tickets yet. But yeah, like, you know, I went to, I feel like I'm trying to be safe, mm -hmm. but obviously going to Kansas and doing DDO was calculated risk. And I'm taking another calculated risk in that I will be going to the USDGC and I'll just be solo in my hotel room and solo in my rental car and, you know, just trying to wear my mask when I, when I can. Yep. And, you know, I'll be seeing friends, but outside and trying to keep social distancing uh, as a major part of what I'm doing. Exactly. Is there any coverage for the tournament that you're playing this weekend? Any no local news or camera crews? There's a guy, yeah. I think it's called John Brown TV. Okay. He, I haven't met him yet, but actually I'm going to do commentary. He just uh, nice. contracted me to do the commentary uh, with my buddy Chandler Fry. So oh, I love Chandler. We'll see. He's it's, a it's, a, it's a ball golf course. Nice. Ball golf course layout, two, two rounds of 27 and one round of 18. Gotcha. Uh, over the next three days. I was going to say and Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Yeah, nice. and then the very next weekend, I have another A tier, thirty minutes from here for the Washington State Championship. So, so you're just getting prepped. It feels like it's been forever since I played, yeah. but yeah, now I got back to back A tiers. I'm hoping I still remember how to do it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of A tiers, we were gonna hold on to this one, and you probably know him because he's been hanging out with Simon in the vlogs. But Casey White, um, obviously yeah. getting that awesome sponsorship this year after yeah. what seemed like a while to him, and he just won. I don't think it was his first A tier, but no, it was se second A tier. But it was his biggest and Dude. most memorable memorable to date yeah. like he did beat out let's just say it probably one of his idols simon lazat he beat simon yeah. he beat steve former brinster. us dgc uh brent steve brinster and uh cameron messerschmidt like mm -hmm. that's a good win no matter how you slice it and for him to do that in a local area it yeah. sounds like an advantage but this isn't like a regular course that he plays often no i mean so, it's it's i think probably about an hour and a half from where he lives so, so it's not like us massachusetts people go and play wickham park every single weekend but no, definitely a huge shout out to Casey. He's my winter team challenge teammate. So shout out teammate. And then uh Team Buffumville. Yeah, Team Buff. <laughs> and he also got probably the coolest trophy in disc golf. Sword. Like it's a sick, just a, an awesome sword. And it's heavy. Like, yeah, that thing's crazy. Dude, yeah. Before we transition into our segment, which we just teased once, twice, we're gonna do judge that disc golfer. But first, everybody, we're gonna do a new segment called Two Truths and a Lie. Um, it should be really fun. But Nate, what do you think? Do you have a trophy room or a shelf? And like, what would you consider as like just the coolest, I guess, looking or just coolest in general trophy? Not the most meaningful, but like trophy wise, like, wow, that's a cool one. Man. Um, there was a guy, there's a guy from Oregon named Mike Suhaki that made those little glass blown disc golf baskets. Mm. Those are really beautiful. Oh. So I have a lot of those um, over the years. Of, <laughs> I, so I have a lot. I just want to win them all the time. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I haven't won one in a long time because I haven't played in Oregon. I don't know if he's even still making yeah. them, but those are very nice looking. Uh, my actual like trophy shelf just has USDGC, Ledgestone, and my um, Sportsman of the Year, uh, the Bob West yeah. Award. Very cool. Very nice. And hopefully to add to that collection, another trophy from USDGC. So Another ring. Yeah, I'd <laughs> up there sure yeah. i'll pick another I can make do you get a ring do you get a ring and a jacket or like what is that yeah a ring it's a ring the ring is up there too on the show very cool the all ring's right sick. all right so yeah. we we only have a limited time with you and we thought these segments would be really fun so we're going to jump into the segment two truths and a lie let's go ahead and pull it up okay. whoops hold on a second we got it up here on screen but we didn't that's okay we didn't hear the intro Okay, so two truths and a lie. <laughs> I'm not sure what actually happened there. I probably wouldn't have approved of the intro anyway, so. Good oh, time. here it is. Oh, 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 oh. there it comes. Oh, oh, here. Sorry. Oh, no, we're throwing we're lots of show. stuff. Here we go. <laughs> two truths and a lie. Can you spot the fake? All right. Can you spot the fake, Nick? What do you? How do you judge that intro? This one is any better? I still think we got to hire Mike Shu to do all of our intros and That's outros. True. That's true. So. Okay. So here's how it works. Two truths and a lie. We asked Nate to think up uh, two truths and a lie, and he can say them in any order that he wants to. And we're going to kind of try to figure out here, what are the, what's the lie? So Nate, would you share with us three statements about yourself? Three facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All equally true. Yes. Probably. Uh, okay. Number one. I'm a little bit, I like roller coasters, but I'm a little bit scared of water slides. Number two, I've never been to Hawaii. Number three, I once rode my bike 140 miles in two days. 
<laughs> so my initial reaction, and but see, he's trying to throw us off. My initial reaction is like he was so specific with the roller coasters and the yeah, water slide. Right. And I'm like, I feel like, you know, that's almost like a cover for it, like being the lie. Yeah. And I feel, what do you think? Like, I feel like riding bikes. You said 140 miles? Yeah, in two days. Okay. Oh, so, but see. That's pretty specific, too. I was just going to say, he just followed up with the same detail. I'm trying to throw him off. And uh, never been to Hawaii um, by boat or by plane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Nick, what are you feeling trended toward? I still feel like the water slide thing is really specific. It might be the truth. I'm trending towards he's never been to Hawaii. That's, that's how many mine. people have been to Hawaii? Like, is that a I large percentage? One billion. One billion. No, I, I bet you know. a billion Millions. people probably have been to Hawaii. Um, probably not. But <laughs> what did you not do at Hawaii? No, <laughs> he did not <laughs> ride a bike in Hawaii. I never did anything because I've never been oh, there. Man, I was gonna say, what's your favorite part of Hawaii? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can still have a favorite part. Okay. But I've never been there. Okay, so this is like I'm gonna take a guess and Nick's gonna take a guess. I feel like the water slide thing is real. Like I kind of convinced myself that it's real. What's the chat board saying? Uh anybody guess water slide's the lie, number two's the lie. I feel like I feel like the biking. I feel have you heard anything about Nate biking? No, nah, but I feel like that's something like no, yeah, he does. He bikes with Coraline all the time. Okay. I'm telling you, he's done it. He's so, biked 140 miles in two. She in, was not there. In two days. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles. But you are an avid biker potentially. Okay, so you think he has been to Hawaii? Is what no, your answer is? I don't think he has. So I think he has not been to Hawaii, right? He said he clearly he said I have lot, not been to Hawaii. He said I have not been to Hawaii. Yeah. Which means if it's yeah. a lie, he has been to Hawaii. So we're picking. Oh the yeah. Lie. Wait, crap. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not good at this game. It's brand new. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm picking yeah, the lie. Yeah, you got to pick out the lie. Two of them are true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm just gonna roll the dice and just say Hawaii. He has been to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I gotta pick different if I want to point up on you. Um, all right, I'm going to the. All right, I'm going to the bike ride. All right, Nick, you picked Hawaii. I'm yep. going to the bike ride. Would you tell us, Nate, what the uh, lie, or tell us the two truths first, and then reveal the lie? Well, you guys picked both the truth, so I won. Oh, oh man. No. <laughs> That's not how the show's supposed it, to work. It was the it was the water slide and roller coaster? Yeah, I switched it. I like water slides and I'm scared of roller coasters. Oh, but I switched man. it up and said I like roller coasters, but I'm scared of water slides. Actually I like water slides and I'm scared of roller coasters. Gotcha. That's the truth. Man, I was gonna say, who the heck we is just scared of water slides, but we just got stumped. But that not me. <clears throat> so you got a point. <laughs> And what you don't know, Nate, is we brought in some of our disc golf pals to do the same game that we're all going to be able to play. So let me go ahead and uh, pull them up now and let's listen in. Sweet. What up, Nick, Matt, and Nate? Okay, here's my two truths and a lie. Let's list them off. All right, the first thing is I was born in Colorado. Second thing, I weigh 181 pounds. Third thing is, during the winter, I love to ski. Which one's the lie? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any insider information here? Well, I mean, I know the guy, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't ski. Yeah, I was going to say, he definitely does not ski. Oh, you guys are... I'm going to have to, like, dive on that. Even though he's from Colorado, he doesn't ski. 
Okay, so and, uh, and one eighty one. I mean, obviously one eighty one. At first, you think that's heavy, yeah. but the guy's been working out, and he's a tall yeah. guy. In the tallness, so, I agree. That's that's always I like think he stealthy. Is that? And I, I think the, I do not think he skis. I think he would have put that on Instagram at least once. <laughs> yeah, Two, exactly. Two by the way, Great. it took me a long time to think anything up because even though I don't see you guys that often, like it's hard to think up a lie in the age of social media that like is because yeah. it's like you guys would have seen. St- something about all the stuff that I effort to. Exactly. That's a great so, yeah, point. That's a great point. So did he, um, what did he say was number two? I, I forget. So number two was the pounds. weighing 181 pounds. What was number one? Born in Colorado. Okay. Born in Colorado. He was born in Colorado. I, I, oh, I, I'm assuming. That's an I don't know that 100%, yeah. but I know 100% that he doesn't ski. <laughs> Well, the, I'm going to, he says it's hundred percent. I'm going to dive on that one. Let's, uh, let's see what he says here. So you can get some points. <laughs> okay. The lie is I love to ski. I was born in Colorado, <laughs> but I have never hit the slopes. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I can totally believe it. <laughs> can you, can you believe it? <laughs> so you nailed it. Good job. Um, I just, that was so easy. That was so yeah. And just to be clear, you're like, Matt, you produced the show. How do you not know this? I would listen to the audio of the first intro that they did. Like, hey, this is Eagle. Like, I'm telling the truth here. I have no clue. Here we go nice. into um, the next guest. You may know him. All right, everyone. I was asked to provide two truths and a lie. So here we go. I'm almost completely deaf in my left ear. I've won PDGA sanctioned tournaments in each of the last four decades. I have a Suzuki Katana crotch rocket with a license plate that says AVR. Okay. <clears throat> Those are all really good. That's harder. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot harder. So he won disc golf tournaments in each of the decades. Is that what he said? So that just means all that means is you got to get back to 1999, right? At this okay. point, no, that's true. Yeah, I feel like he said he won a tournament. I feel like that's probably true. He's won a tournament. That sounds pretty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he he's a de- he was a decent pro. Man, I keep I keep missing it. What was his second one? or is the other ones? The he, Suzuki. He's almost deaf. Oh, there you the go. Year. I know that. Okay, now I'm giving out all my clues. Like yeah, I've whoa. edited with him, and like I should have kept that to myself so I get yeah. a point. But like that's definitely true. He's like, I can't I hear you. Don't, I don't. I mean, I the motorcycle thing is so specific, knowing <laughs> the license plate and everything, but I still feel like he doesn't have that. But I really want Terry to have a motorcycle. <laughs> but and I'm just hoping that that's true. We can't always have what we want. Yeah, he was so detailed on the license plate, though. But, but same thing. AVR. He's, he's never. He's trying to throw. Me. I don't think he has. He's that. never posted about it before. He doesn't have time to be riding that. He's either traveling or he's with his family. Yeah. He's a family he's man. Too. I have to get a point somewhere. I I'm pretty confident. I'm gonna go with that. Um, so wait, the lie would be that he has a motorcycle. Yeah, I think no. I want I that to be I the truth. I want, I want that. that to be crazy. Believe me, I want that to be the truth. I just don't think it is. Okay, let's go. I, I, okay, I'm gonna pick the motorcycle. Come on now. As the lie. Yep, all of us are, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, all right, here we go. Let's see if he got, see if he schooled us. The two truths, one lie. We'll start with the truths. I have won a PDGA sanctioned tournament in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, okay. and the 2020s. I do 
have a crotch rocket. Whoa! It's a 1994 right. Suzuki Katana and the AVR license plate. What? It's been expired since two, 2010, but it still says AVR. The lie, I am deaf, almost completely deaf. Instead of my left ear, though, it's in my right ear. Oh! Glad yeah, good insider Thanks, information, Matt. Okay, he did the same thing Nate That's did. Well done. That's well done. He did the same thing Nate did. He took a truth and he twisted it because I'm like, oh, he's definitely yeah. deaf. Yeah. But I yeah. should have thought. That's a, that's a hard one. Because I recorded commentary with him the other night and I should have thought, like, which side was I sitting on? He's like, you got to sit on the opposite side. I don't know. So, anyways, mm. I got that. You let me down, Matt. So, who's got the point? Nate's, no one. Nate's only one with points. No one. We all get the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but you stumped us. So, you got a point in the beginning. Uh, yeah, for, with your, yours. for your two truths and a lie. Oh, yeah. And I got Eagles, too. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, we all we got all, Eagles. Yeah, we so all got, got Eagles. Two to, so one. two to one. Two to one. Here we go. I think you may know this next guy as well. What's up, Nick Carl? What's up, Matt? And what's up, Nate? Miss you, buddy. Here are my two truths and a lie. The first one is that long ago, me and Michael, aka Follow Flight Mike, got into a little bit of a fist fight. <laughs> the second is that I used to play trumpet in the high school band. And the third is that my first job was flipping burgers for the Wendy's fast food restaurant. Which one is the lie? Man. These are such good quality videos. I Yeah, they, I, I, I only do quality on the yeah. show, Nick. <clears throat> um, I feel like, and we're just gonna talk this out loud and you can confirm or deny what you think, but I feel like he played trumpet. I remember hearing him say something about like at least playing music like in some type of a band. I feel like trumpet is true. Um, Okay. That's that's like again. I don't know. If, again, it could be like the left ear, right ear. Like I know he played an instrument. I don't remember if it was what it was for specifically, but he did talk about that. A uh, fist fight with Follow Flight Mike. Kind of want, kind of want that to be true. You've spent time <laughs> with them. Now, no full disclosure here, but like, is that a possibility, Nate? I think it's. It could be possible. I mean, Mike. You know, if Mike gets, you make Mike edit too long, he can be a pretty serious guy. You know, he he'll throw his weight around a little bit. It's, it's tough. but listen, like, I thought, but they I thought did for sure that was true. But I kind of feel like the other ones are true too. They did grow right? up, to, didn't they? Kind of, I don't know if grow up together, but they've known each other a long Not time. Quite. Yeah, they've known each other a while, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so like, I mean, Mike's from South Africa, but I think he came in, like, middle school. Oh, gotcha. Right, so that could have happened, though. Like, the point is the the fist fight could have happened at some point, like, pre-Jomez. Yeah. Yeah, but we need to pick a lie, and all those Wendy's. sound true. I'm going with Wendy's, and I have a reason, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, um, I guess, gosh, I'll, I'll let you guys have a chance to get back in, and I'm going to say that him and Mike never fought. Okay, so that's the lie. I'm going to say Wendy's. Now, Nick... You and I would be tied, and we'd be tied with yeah. Mike. Let's, I mean, with Nate. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what yeah. he got. Yeah. Okay. He's counting. The lie is that me and Mike got into a fist fight. There's oh. no way, out of all the years I've known him, that I would ever be dumb enough to get in a fist fight with that guy. I would that get destroyed. <laughs> At least he's honest about it. Oh, man. Mike, Mike is Mike's I. Three one. So I three one. Man, I wanted to go with Wendy's only in the sense someone commented this, but it was not Wendy's. It would have been McDonald's or Burger King. Like the job would have been something different. And since sure previous guests of ours have done reverse psychology to us, 
I thought I'd go with it. <laughs> it would have okay. been Whataburger. Here we go. You know your Joe Mess guys, you know it's Whataburger. Oh, makes it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Greetings, Matt, Nick, and hello to you, Mr. Papa Nate. It is time for my two truths and a lie. All right, let's get into it. First one, my parents had an arranged marriage. Two, I got my graphic design degree from Appalachian State University. And three, I won the first pro event that I ever competed. And you know what? We'll throw a mystery question. Am I wearing pants right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't wait till we have Big Germ on the show. It's going to be such a fun episode. Uh, I've got a mystery question. Am I wearing pants? So, like, that one we don't need to answer, but you can. Um, so Arranged marriage. Arranged marriage by parents. I have zero insight to that. I feel like he's posted once or twice about his mom, like, on social media, like, publicly. I don't know much beyond that about his life. Um, the degree in graphics design. Yes. And then he won his first pro event. Man, any any insights from you at all, Nate? You've been killing it. Are you just I waiting have, for us? I think I have quite a few insights, but I'm trying to win. Oh, all right. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with what do I have to tell you? So guys? throw us off. I'm going to go with he has a degree in graphic designs from Appalachian University. That's my I think that's a lie. Yeah, I go with that too. I know he loves graphic Me design. Okay, so all right. I don't think I think he went he went there, but I don't think that he got I don't think he saw it all the way through to the degree. All right. Well, let's see. We all picked that one. There's no way we can win now, Nick. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, mean, I always lose yeah, on my own. Guy? An arranged marriage. They were Hare Krishnas in the late 70s. And had they not got together, then I wouldn't be sitting here today. Uh, two, I did not get my graphic design degree from Appalachian State University because I did not graduate from Appalachian State University, although that is that was my major, and uh, I'm still very interested in graphic design today. And three, yes, I did win the first pro event that I ever competed in, the March Madness event in no Earlwood no Park in 2008. Uh, I was very lucky. I had to beat a very, very talented Sarah Stanhope, who is now Sarah Cunningham. And I got through a couple other matches that probably shouldn't have gotten through, and then I faced Mel Schumann in the finals, which I won, and that was... A very cool kickstart to my pro career. And finally, am I wearing pants? <laughs> I don't I don't know. You guys I don't know. Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. He's he's he doesn't know. <clears throat> but Nate, you won our first ever segment of Two Truths, Two Truths and, a and a Lie. Congratulations. Oh, okay. Terry, I almost had it if it only wasn't for Terry and that crotch rock. Dude, that was yeah, that was really good. All right, here we go. Segment number two. This is called Judge That Disc Golfer. Judge That Disc Golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right, hey man, my name's Matt. You're on the Nick and Matt show. What's your name? Ian. Ian, how long have you been playing disc golf for? 17 years. 17 years? No, 13, I'm sorry. 13. Thir I was playing since I was 17. You've been playing, okay, so we know your age now, yeah. okay? So, um, 13 years you've been playing disc golf. Yeah. In all of those 13 years, have you ever competed? Uh, one time, like, here at Maple Hill, as a, it was a doubles, like, whites uh, event, but that's the only time. Okay, so do you have a PDGA number? No. So no rating associated with that because you, no uh, you don't have a number. Nah. Um, and you competed once in, like, a doubles thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when you come to Maple Hill, what layout do you usually play? Or would you say is compatible with your player skill? Um, so whenever we play, or I play, it's, it's a varied mix. Um, I'm in a league right now with a bunch of people, so we varied up week by week. You know, Reds one week, Old Glory, White. Is this the Flex Start COVID league? No, it's Your not. own league? No, it's a different one. Um, okay. So it, it varies uh, day by day. I mean, I'm usually here every day. So, you know, um, most of the time, Old Glory. I like the mix of uh, white and blue intermixed with reds, so. Okay, if you were to say, let's shoot red, the red layout, <laughs> what do you think your average score is gonna be? That's, that's tough. Um, even, maybe. Even, even maybe even just like pure reds like we did a we did a league it was reds only putters and i got negative five was my best score and then i posted uh an even and so in the recent memory those are the last two times i played reds only and those are the two scores okay so that's pretty good i think we know enough about you to start getting into some real questions okay. here like <laughs> how far can you throw a disc <laughs> <laughs> I love the lip flap. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so we asked him, and this is your first time, obviously, on the show, Nate. We asked him how far, and we're going to guess his answers. We're going to make Nick go first, and that way it's an advantage to you as our guest. So, Nick, how far is he going to answer? 225 feet. 225. Been playing for 13 years. Okay. And, uh, Nate, how did you judge this disc golfer? How far is he going to say? Oh, I like him. I, I would say <laughs> it's definitely a number under 400 if the first thing on your mouth is... <laughs> So I think I'm going to put him at 325. Okay, so 100 more than Nick. Now, this would be a tiebreaker question in the end. If you guys tie, whoever was closest on this question would be the tiebreaker. Let's see how he answers. Maybe 300 feet on a good day. Maybe 300 feet. Maybe some tailwind. I, I eat a whole 11 whites on here at Maple getting into the field. It's elevated. Can't get in there still. You know? Okay. Okay, so let's do the points real quick. Nate, you said 325, correct? So you're yeah. off by 25, but you were closer than Nick. So first point goes yeah. to Mr. Nate Sexton. Okay, let's do All it. All right, here we go. Question number two. If I was to give you a stack of 10 putters or just 10 putters of your choice and you were to go from circle's edge here at hole 18, mm. how many are going to go in the basket? 33 feet. Okay. We give him 10 putters. You're starting to judge him harder now. You're like 300 feet, uh -oh. 13 years. And he, now he did a little like snort, if you will. The first was a lip maybe, flap. Maybe he's a putting extraordinaire. It could be. But listen, did you hear what he said? I said circle's edge. What did he say? He said, oh, 32, 33, 33 feet. Like he knows it. So, all right, Nate, yeah. you're up. What is he going to answer? Four. Four out of 10. Nick, what do you got? I'll go six. Six. You just feel like he's a putting... Huh. Right. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. All right, here we go. Let's see who gets the point. Two, three, maybe? Two or three, maybe. Out of ten. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I don't know. Good. The camera's bringing out the honest side of you. We have some people I... say 11, and I'm like, no, I said 10 putter. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. No, that, that, that's honest. I mean... Good. Cool. Okay. Cool. So, Nate, you guessed four, and he said two or three. And yes, this is Nate gets another point. Do you want like a bonus bonus point? We made him putt after and he hit four putts. Yeah. Are... I've been at, I've been doing this a lot longer than Nick. It's <laughs> you know, it's not this isn't even fair. I think I, I I've judged so many more disc golfers than he <laughs> yeah. has. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's incredible. Good job. All right. So if we'll we'll count that bonus point at the end instead of a tiebreaker. So it's two to zero. We're going to question number three. 
All right, if you were to get, and you've been playing a while, mm -hmm. if you were to get a disc golf tattoo, because you're so into the game, and I'll just give you four different choices. Here they are. A single basket. Okay. A putter hitting the front rim of a basket. Yep. Tasmanian Devil 360 Drive. Or a disc golf phrase, maybe one of your favorites, or something like death putt or grip it and rip it. Where uh, can I can I ask where the tattoo is being placed? Your choice. Uh, sorry, okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is Nick's guess. One of those four tattoo options. What does Ian choose? The Tasmanian Devil, right on the chest. I think he's gonna put it right on the chest. <laughs> Okay, he's going for something. <laughs> so, Nate, how do you judge I, this guy? I think he's a funny guy, sarcastic guy, and I think he wants that doink putt graphic. <laughs> the doink putt. Okay, so let's see. There, there's a possibility nobody scores here because there's four options, but let's see how this played out. Okay, so I'd get uh, on my neck, grip it and rip it, I guess. Okay. Right? I, I mean, are you, are you, I kind of like. Is it. someone paying for the tattoo, or do I have to buy it myself? <laughs> if you get the Nick and Matt show logo on the side, we'll okay. Pay for All right, it. we can get, get that going. <laughs> okay, so right for our listeners on podcast later, he pointed to his throat and said, "But grip it and rip it." What a horrible that's phrase for your throat. Really scary tattoo. To <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want anyone taking that literally. <laughs> that's what. That's what I'm thinking over here. Grip it yeah. and rip it. People okay. won't know it's disco. <laughs> All right, so nobody gets a point there, but Nate's no, up 2-1. This is the last question. Nick can't win, uh, unfortunately, So, but we'll play it out. Win. We'll play it out. Here we go. If you were to play your first singles competitive round, mm -hmm. okay, like a sanctioned event, yep. and it was calling for unfavorable weather, something like 20-mile-an-hour winds, maybe gusting to 30, um, heavy, moderate rain the full round, yeah. or snow, and think – Almost blizzard. Okay. All What's right. your weather choice that you would choose? <sighs> that's tough. Okay, he says that's tough. Um, he, this is Maple Hill. I just always throw that out there. But we do have snow. We do have wind. We do have rain. We have it all. <laughs> and I'm sure you get a little bit of that everywhere else too. So I think this is Nate's. Nate's guess. All right. You asked him if he would rather have the wind, the rain, or the snow. Yeah. And we kind of detailed it out, like significant rain, significant snow, yeah. or significant wind. 20 miles an hour plus. Um, I think since he hasn't competed much, I think he'll choose the wind. But I think if he played a little more, he would probably regret that and choose something else because the wind <laughs> is probably the worst. He's a New Englander, been playing for 13 years. He enjoys playing in the snow. That's my answer. All right. Let's see what the answer is. Here we go. Um, probably not the wind, either rain or snow, because I play a lot in the snow here during January, right after they open up, after the Christmas okay, season. Okay, so like final so. answer. I'll go Blizzard. We'll see Let's what happens, go. see if we can find the discs, you know? <laughs> Blizzard. All right. Thanks so much for coming on Thanks, the show, man. and uh, have a good day. Thanks, you too, man. Matt, I got a point. You got <laughs> I got one point. I whiffed hard on that one. Wow. A, lot, a lot of the New Englanders, I, I hate playing in the snow. I do it because one of our winter team leagues that we do is in the snow. But other than that, I absolutely despise it. And it's funny how many New Englanders actually enjoy going out and playing in the snow. But, yeah. So it's kind of a safe answer. It was like, who's your favorite pro? It was just like, pick Paul McBeth or Simon Lazat because he's a local here now. You know, it was just kind of a very good fallback. Answer. Okay, Nick. So before we let Nate go, would you tell him what he won? 
Oh God, I I owe about one hundred forty dollars in lunches to people. But uh, next time that I see you in person and all this oh, COVID yes. stuff is over, I owe you lunch. Okay, great. So we we've had fifteen episodes, Nate. This is the final judge that disc golfer. This is judging Nick. How many of these episodes did Nick win out of fifteen? Okay, is this for another lunch? <laughs> Let me think. No, please no. How many did he win against the guests? Yep. He won five. His track record's much worse. He's only I am, one person. I am 15. one for 15. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. It's it's like very bad, actually. And so someone had wrote right after the second question. They were like, oh, and here's another lunch for Nate. And I was like, man, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right, Nate. So you're you. Pressure on me. I didn't even know we were playing for lunch. Maybe I would have messed up. And, and wrapping up here in the last final minutes, if you will, or minute or two, um, can I ask a more, it, it's not personal in some senses, but personal in others. How has being a dad changed your disc golf perspective, if at all? Has it improved you as a player, do you think? Or has it, like, what has it taught you that has um, affected your disc golf? Uh, I think maybe it's made me, focus more on the events that I do get to play because I'm not out there all the time. So I think in a way it, it made me better in that way that when I am going to go somewhere, maybe I'm going to get a little bit more practice in and put more time into the one event. And then I also think that being a dad gives me like this extra gear on like a 40 foot putt where I'm like for core line and then I'll, and then I'll, I'm better at putting. <laughs> like if I really need to make it, I can like think about my wife and my daughter and it, it takes me into like super dad strength that I maybe didn't have before. That's actually so funny. Yeah. Do it for <laughs> Coraline. We're going to take that clip yeah. and we're just going to send it to you as a yeah. text message deal. Um, yeah, I think I do think that sometimes though. I'm like, man, I'm out here. My wife is like doing childcare by herself. I've been gone for eight days. Like, am I, did I really come all this way to miss this yeah. putt? It's time to, time to do it. It doesn't work every time, but it, it works pretty good. Do you look forward to being able to tell her like she was like not born on the road, but like toured her first like year on the road? Do you look forward to that? Yeah. I mean, she, we already tell her about it. I think she, I don't know that she really remembers it. But we're like, Oh, you remember when we lived in the RV and we show her pictures all the time and videos of, of, you know, she, one of her favorite pastimes is watching videos of herself at various ages. <laughs> yes. so she's always going to look through my phone and see like when she was a baby or whatever. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, if she really remembers it or if we just force her to remember it through videos, either way, she'll, she'll know yeah, about it. for sure. So your time's pretty much almost up at this point, but we want to give you a quick second, real quick. Um, Shout-outs to any sponsors, and where can the people find you? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that stuff. And obviously, Innova, i got to shout them out big time for supporting me in my decision to not be out there, even though most of the players that you would recognize are. And they've been fantastic to me as far as, like, you know, take your time, come back when you feel it's safe. Um, so big shout-out to them uh, for always having my back. And uh, also, speaking of my back, Pound Disc Golf Bags for making a really comfortable bag for me to carry my discs in. Awesome. Well, I just want to say this, how appreciative Matt and I are that you were able to take the time, be on our show with us. We actually tonight hit our max amount of live Concurrent viewers. Concurrent viewers ever. This is a record, and I'm, it's thanks Which is to insane. you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I lost Judge That Disc Golfer to, in front of 170 <laughs> people. But um, nah, dude, we, we are so thankful that you were able to jump on tonight. I think we covered a lot of cool things. Everyone, the comments were blowing up and I hope for the podcast listeners, everything goes smoothly with this one. Um, super fun episode, man. I, I really appreciate it. 
All right, Nate. Thanks, guys. We're going to let you go find that daughter of yours so you can get more, you know, affection in there to remember that for your next putt for Coraline. Yeah, I'm going to ride my bike to go get nice. her. So. 140 miles, two days. <laughs> two days. He's got to leave right now. We're going to do four. We're going to do four today. <laughs> Decent. Awesome. Decent. All right, dude, we're going to let you go. Thanks for jumping in, and we'll uh, talk to you another time. All right, see you All guys. All right, bye. <clears throat> All right, so that was Nate. Sexton, I feel like as much as like I've known him and have been able to spend time with him, as I mentioned earlier, like he spent time here just to the left of me in the studio. He slept here. He, yeah, he lived here that. for about 10 days, like still seeing him come up on Skype. Like I have multiple feelings like, whoa, like disc golf. I, I don't know. Icon is a big word, but mm -hmm. I feel like disc golf. He's going to be a legend yeah, like disc golf. Yeah, he's he's one of the biggest voices in disc golf. Like you were saying earlier, yeah. he also has one of the biggest faces in disc golf in the sense of he's don't a lot judge of times, him like that yeah <laughs> a lot of times he's on camera for jomez or he's doing commentary for jomez you know he's a very personable guy you and i or i had the pleasure of meeting him back in 2016 and fortunately have been able to see him at multiple events per year kind of a fun fact i caddied for him over eight rounds of disc golf at the vibram open back in the day and we are eight for eight of him being on the lead card when you caddy. When I caddied. And I also watched him on hole eight, the uh, little shot over the water. I've watched him parked it. He's probably been a total throughout eight rounds. He's probably been a total of 15 feet from the basket. It's insane. He's definitely, he's the best player in the world on hole eight. It's, there's no comparison. Man. But Matt, I, 170 people tonight. While yeah. the CBS is going on right now. Well, we're going to talk about CBS. You know, but I did want to say, this is really funny. So two things. One is... I think, and I could be wrong, comments can tell us otherwise. You're listening post, you're not going to get this as much, but I think I enabled Super Chat. Now, what that means that I understand, that we're new to the game here, people, but you as subscribers and followers and watching our videos, we had to hit certain um, increments and certain levels for YouTube to say, hey, you got a good following. We want to uh, let you have other options. And one of them was something called Super Chat. Now, we have seen people inside of our comment feed say things like, we love this. We appreciate this. How can we support this? Um, I'd love to send you, you know, money or, and we're like, are we going to turn away money? And the answer is no, we're yes. not going to turn. No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> we're not going to turn away money. And here's our thought process. Just for people listening in the podcast and listening here, this is now a topic for us. Yeah. Um, we, we considered Patreon, right? And at this point, like right where we're at, like this show is close to our max, or at least for me, like what I can contribute as content. Now we have some ideas. We might produce some more content outside, some fun things for you to watch. But in general, like this is a lot already. Um, so we can't commit or I can't right now to like creating content that's worth you guys like supporting us. Now, maybe it could be we could just do a low level nick like hey once a year we'll send you yeah. something cool yeah. <clears throat> but that's now, we want to make sure everything that we do for our audio listeners and also our live viewers everyone that's subscribing to us we want to give you guys great quality content we want to have i don't know decent stuff for everyone you know that's so, that's kind of where we're at so here's the deal apparently we do have super chat enabled because shout out to Rocky, Rocky McGuire. This individual right there just gave us our first ever super chat. So here's, I think we're going to utilize this in a way. One, 
to see your comment and maybe we'll highlight it. You know, obviously if you're contributing, we'd love to shout out. We are going to screen them. It's not carte blanche, the golden ticket just yeah. to make us say whatever you want, but like we will seriously consider it if it's, if it's genuine. Um, thank you so much, Rocky. Holy cow, Nick. Like, what are we going to do with that $5? I don't know. I know what we're going to do. Oh, buy the lunch that I owe 14 people. <laughs> no, we're not using <laughs> your kidding. money to buy lunch. Nick's kidding. on his own with that one. I, here's, here's honestly, just so people know, any money that comes in, it is a thank you to us, of course. But what I would like to do on the production side is continue to increase our production value. Mm -hmm. That could be things like cameras, but I'm thinking the first thing that we do is microphone upgrade. Now, you might think our, our voices sound fine or I don't know. But when you listen to a high quality podcast or video recording, there is a nicer element to their microphone. So we would continue to use any money that comes in to upgrade content to make it better for you. I mean, there's everything. We could see these doors behind us and all that kind of stuff. Like we can continue to make like actually more studio-esque. Yeah. <clears throat> and we can get Nick a whole like wardrobe people complain on here about his wardrobe people oh my god in the youtube Someone, comments yeah in the youtube comments complained about my hat for last week <laughs> so i made sure to go get one of my other crispy hats that i have or crusty whatever it was so um, we we have good commenters yeah. we have trolls everybody I work has outside that. all day leave um, me alone <laughs> so that is something new for us so super chat is something you can do we will be truly appreciative of it um but there's no expectation here and in fact this is only for our live viewers mm -hmm. um we would like to shout you out obviously if you do that and we'd like to um get to whatever point that you would like us to talk about but yeah. that is something new thank you very much rocky that's tremendous um totally appreciate it yeah. so let's talk about nick cbs sports now Let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. Last night rolls around. Were you sitting on your couch or in your lazy boy watching CBS Sports? Nope. <clears throat> I was working. <laughs> okay. Well, and... I actually, I, I want to read this really quick. Okay. Because this is a discussion that we're going to be talking about, and people are obviously going to comment on it. But one of the comments from SMTX was, you know, after last night, can you actually scroll up a little bit? It was after last night, I didn't really want to watch CBS again. SMTX, can you comment why? Like, I'm curious about it because I've only watched, what, probably five minutes of it that you were just showing me before tonight's podcast. Um, unfortunately, I did work last night for a little bit, so I wasn't able to sit down and watch the CBS network. But tomorrow, I'm actually going to Simon's house. Simon, I mean, a uh, shout out to Simon. He just bought a house. Really, really nice. But mm -hmm. um, no, we're going to watch it tomorrow, so I'm super pumped for that. But So, okay, I so I... I was out playing my league round on Maple at Maple Hill Golds, and it took a little longer. And I'm not proud to say this, Nick. Guess what I shot? Yeah, how'd you shoot? Actually, no, guess what I shot on Maple Golds? Like seventy-seven. No, no, no offense, no judgment on me. Actually, there's gonna be a lot higher. Higher, Matt. You can't shoot more than seventy-seven on Golds. Come on. Hold on. This is, and I'm. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this. This, I think, is my first ever competitive round shooting in the 80s anywhere anywhere ever i shot an 81 nick <clears throat> so did it just like that's 20 all the way 22 down, over yeah. par well no okay we're getting off topic but people are probably i hope they're just joining yeah, our I'm conversation kinda, well, I'm, I'm a little curious <laughs> okay. about it give us a quick insight what what the heck happened during your round okay so uh, hole one it's all people can visualize this like hole one i actually throw for me i don't try to clear the pond i don't have that 420 foot plus throw I throw to the little landing zone, 
like the red area basket landing zone, okay, before the pine trees. I land in there, almost perfect, actually. Like, I'm like, oh, I just play this puree, like perfect. Second shot near the mouth of the, the green. I mm -hmm. say near, I'm talking like 40 or 50 feet. Mm -hmm. So like, that's pretty close. I go decide to throw a forehand in there so I can just get my par four and be done. And I take out a firebird because there's probably, I don't know, 120 feet left. And I'm just going to doink it in there like nice and easy. But last round, I did that. I threw the firebird too hard straight. I think you were there for that yeah. round. Yeah, OB. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ease up a little bit. I'm going to ease up. And guess what? I throw the nose up, ease up. It just totally doesn't even make the mouth. Like it mm -hmm. just hyzers OB. That's how it started. So I went from like a four to a six. Guess what happened on hole eight over the water? Short. One, somebody on the card calls, get in the hole. Like it was a sweet drive. Yeah. And then they say, get down. Like they, they're like, it's going to ace, like get down. And it literally gets down into the water, like short of the wall, like right at it. Yep. So you, did you know the new drop zone? Go to white. You go to white, which, which is, is an official awesome. hole. It's yeah. what the FPO plays. So now I'm throwing over water again. I take out my trusty Comet. I throw it right in the water, short of the rocks again. Oh no. Go over to the next drop zone. Lay up, get it, whatever. The the that's kind of how it played so out. Just, but, yeah. But like I was actually driving like well. Like that was that should have been like Park City and mm -hmm. it turns into a six. It just that's how it kept going. My drives gotcha. I felt like were smashed. Anyways, that's how gotcha. it went. I forget what we we're talking CBS, about. CBS, we're actually getting a ton of <clears throat> comments about it. Um, it was way too much, like Nate said, for people who have never heard of disc golf. It was good. It was different from a regular YouTube broadcast because they had to make it for viewers who have not seen disc golf before. Yada, yada, yada. I like all of these. Interviews of people talking about ball golf, skipped three holes at a time, shots. It was really weird. Joe missed a great. The restraints that CBS put on them with the hour long, the slot really hindered it. I, yeah, I can definitely agree to that. I think it's definitely awkward in the disc golf world for us not to see all 18 holes of action in every single shot that Joe Mess has given us for the last few, uh, you know, many years at this point. Um, so that's going to take getting used to. And I don't know, how long are rounds normally on, on Joe Mess's? Oh, they're, they're like, about like 30 minutes about for front 30, nine, 30 minutes for back take. nine, give or take or An so. Hour. So you have the an difference hour is you're commercials. getting you're getting yeah full content. You're getting full shot. content, yeah, and you're getting you know for the CBS one you were getting the commercials, which obviously when we, you know, when they decided to go to the TV network to expose this, we all knew commercials were coming. I mean, it's TV. That's how they make money. <laughs> Even Jomez does, but it's yeah. different because it's broken up and it doesn't it doesn't have to fit into the hour. So, let me first say, the perspective here needs to be. This was not created for the disc golfer. Now, why were disc golfers so excited? Why was everybody sharing that disc golf um, little graphic saying, watch disc golf tonight on CBS? Why? Why were disc golfers doing that? Because we're excited about the exposure it's going to get. I believe, and Nate said this, 100% this was not created for us. Mm -hmm. it, as in like for our entertainment. Now, that being said, I actually was very entertained by it. And when you watch the production, you saw things in this production that you really have never seen in disc golf production. Yep. Nick, what was one of the things that very first stood out to you when you first looked at it? I liked the whole overlay that they were doing where they highlighted the landing zones, like in the first hole, the par five, hey, you want to show your shot number one here, shot number two there, shot number three there, and then hopefully at that chance, you're putting for birdie. Um, I thought that was really cool, and I definitely think for the non-disc golfer, that kind of explains, in a sense, this is how far these guys are throwing the disc. 
this is why they're trying to land there. Um, I, I thought it was really cool. I actually, I would enjoy that throughout all disc golf coverage. Um, yeah. In, in the words of Nate Sexton, for sure. For sure. But here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of things that stand out here that I'm like, you can critique this, right? You can critique it. And you can say, like, I didn't like the commercials or I didn't like how they were missing holes. But if you don't look at it through the eye of, like, and maybe this is, maybe people feel like they were set up. Like, oh, we're going to get shot by shot by shot by mm -hmm. shot coverage. But I think I went into this so open-minded saying I know they're going to do some awesome production that just, it exposes people to the sport. And I talked to Nate yeah. about this. When you watch Olympics and you see a sport that you have not seen before or in a very long time or you have very like no idea about it, you don't want the commentators and you don't want to see every single little detail about it. You end up switching the channel because you're like, dude, I don't want to see that guy scoping his BB gun or whatever they do like yeah. for like 20 minutes. Like I want to see the action, the actual action of it. Um, I do agree in the sense of I wish this was portrayed at a more of a disc golf course, not at the country club, which obviously the country club allows for huge spectators. Any golf course is very spectator friendly. Obviously, this year has been very limited with any spectators at any course, but I would love to see disc golf, especially the first time on TV in a disc golf course, like someone saying Maple Hill or Northwoods Golds, something like that. But but this is that's, but this that's is my in personal, hindsight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something that could potentially definitely happen in the future. Right. And so, this is in hindsight saying like, or, I mean, we could have said this pre too, but this was the tournament that started up. DD paid or fronted all the cat, not all of it. I know there's a contribution, mm -hmm. but they funded majority of all of this. We're talking three, uh, uh, six. How many? How many dollars is this? This was like seven figures. It was. I, I had my I math messed up. It was it was well over a hundred thousand dollars to put all this together. So like they front the money, they're gonna get the uh, exposure and they're gonna get it at the place that they want to get it at. So with that in mind, I do agree though. This is again uh, arguing the point later. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that would be excellent to see it at a wooded course so people yeah. could see the shot, the true shaping. flight of yeah. you know really lacing a fairway. We agree on that. Yeah, I mean shoot, Bruce Ridge is coming up the GMC tournament. How awesome would it be to showcase playing at Bruce Ridge and then at Fox Run? Like that's those are two of my favorite courses ever. And the fact that they're right next to each other, you play them at the same tournament is insane. I think that that could create for a pretty incredible CBS network. But the comment that says that they made disc golf look too easy, or that course made it look too easy, can I just say that the top card usually makes disc golf look yeah, too easy like almost wherever you are they watch maple and paul gets threes on hole nine and he gets threes on hole one and he gets the like it's like oh that must be easy to do the top mm -hmm. pros make it look easy i think that's regardless of what course you're on i do think though it would look good on a, on a, a wooded course for sure mm -hmm. now can i say and see how many people agree with this uh you're listening in your cars or you're live right now um wouldn't you, I think this played really strong to what it would be like watching a live event. Uh, like when I watch golf on a Sunday afternoon, I love how they jump around and they'll show, hey, the shot over here just happened. Mm -hmm. And they won't miss lead card coverage. They'll still show you every relevant shot. Yeah, but bounce around. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I think this is a taste of what a golf tournament would be filmed like, meaning like a disc golf tournament in the future and where they will show every hole. Again, this was post-produced. They had to fit it into an hour. There's a lot. So, like, enjoy mm -hmm. the production 
for what it was intended for exposure to the non-disc golf world and did you love those player profile things like yeah that was another thing i wanted to talk about was the player profiles i thought were sick and you know just how old they were where they're from kind of a quick highlight of them you know i like highlights and so when you see you know paul hitting this massive birdie putt or you had highlights of nico drew gibson it was cool i i thought the player profiles were awesome to be honest it was. And so I thought there was a few things also. Like there was this interesting, like, welcome to the Nick and Matt. There was this guy that like talked like that. And he's like, oh, like, he's oh, like, yeah, tonight. I haven't, I haven't had to hear, uh, hear that yet. He's but. like, tonight you are going to see disc golf. Like he would do his like, see every time he's like, disc golf. Like, it was like to my 10 year old who's really into disc golf is like covering his ears. He's like, I don't like the way that sounds. Like, it, it came off as somebody who obviously was trying to be very clear and enunciated with disc golf. <laughs> like, have you ever had somebody though? Have you told somebody like, I play disc golf and they're like disco? Yeah. 99% of the time they ask, <laughs> wait, you disco? And I'm like, absolutely not. I would never even try that. But, you can yeah. tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's yeah. man. There, that's, that's something for our <laughs> Patreons. You're singing. Yeah. My piano, you're singing. But uh, no. Nah. Obviously, everything's limited to the hour that they had to produce everything, but quality-wise, oh, I thought it was incredible. I, I really did, and I'm excited to watch more of it. You know, after the podcast and everything, I think we're going to watch a little bit of the second round, what's going on right now, but it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay, I don't know if it's it's right of us or not to talk about this, but somebody just commented, they're like, you're getting more viewers right now than DD. So, like, what can is, I just... What is DD doing? Oh, they're doing like this, um, I think they call it like a companion stream right now, like during our show, yeah. a companion stream like that you watch while you're watching CBS. So like you can be a part of like a group. It's like a, it's oh. like a watch party. So like your watch party with us, I should have it streaming on the other window. In fact, I'm going to have to jump on and get that. But I did watch the whole thing and I actually, I, I'm just going to say, we can kind of get ready to wrap up here. I'm going to say like it was. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was not Jomez as you were used to. So if you're sitting down like, I'm going to watch Jomez yeah, on like it's, TV. it's beyond different than what we are accustomed to. No doubt. Yeah. Um, besides, besides for commercials, I'm really, you know, when this gets put up on YouTube and everything, I'm really curious to see besides for commercials, the things that we kind of figured were coming from doing this with a TV network. Like what about the disc golf part? Did everyone not like? Like people are saying... They skipped a couple holes here and there because commercials were going on. So say you're on hole three, then a bam, a commercial comes on and now you're on hole six. Like, obviously you're missing three, four, five. Can I say while people, you know, think out their thoughts and they start punching on their keyboards and their phones. Um, I feel like a first round, I would love to see more than just like a feature card. I would love, mm-hmm. especially a first yeah. round. Yeah. And then... If the case is that like somebody like shredded the course and there was coverage, somebody did shot by shot, then I'd go back and like to watch that. Mm-hmm. But in general, like I want to see as much disc golf as I can. And I felt like it was really cool to be like, oh, and here was Emerson Keith throwing on this hole, um, you know, after Paul did like later in the round or whatever. Or they yep. did that feature. OK, so FPO. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And I just want to say this first off, I haven't watched the full episode of you know, the first episode, the premiere one. Um, but I have seen today a lot of comments on how the FPO was, I would say, barely featured at all in it. I was on Twitter and saw a ton of stuff 
being talked about on Twitter with it. Um, the only part that I did see was what Matt briefly showed me was the really cool highlights of what Paige Pierce was doing. And I thought that was really cool. But like I said, I don't really know anything about it. So Matt, this is all you they, to get everyone angry. No, no they, <laughs> they, kidding. no, I actually I'm thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I think again, to fit into an hour, if they did multiple segments, if this was like a week long, like instead of just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think that's it. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Four days. Then they could do more like, let's do the whole thing. Let's show all the FPO. Let's show the MPO. But I think what they did was tasteful in that uh, who earned this right to do that is Paige Pierce, five-time world champion, um, to be featured as an FPO player. That was, I, I can't remember, Nick. Did she shred this event? Yeah. Yeah, so she destroyed. Yep. It. it was kind of like here. This is your. We're gonna feature you, yeah. and then they showed her finishing out on the final hole as well. So like, congrats to her. She deserved it, and I think they did a tasteful job at saying there are females who play as well. Very good as well. Um, I don't have any complaints there. Again, but that's not to say like I don't see a future in promoting FPO more. Mm -hmm. But like, if we're just being realistic, like it's it's the first time it's being teased out there. The fact that FPO players are even getting the exposure is like a good thing. Like they're showing off. So yeah, I, I think it was good. Um, we're talking a lot about CBS coverage here. Yeah, I I think what John Bond said. Are you kidding me? Pause. <laughs> We're gonna do this every time someone someone super chats. Um, we don't want to we don't want to ruin yeah, our we podcast, don't miss it, especially because he's leaving right now. But <laughs> okay. Rocky again, Rocky just sent another five. If Matt and I are ever at Idlewild when all this stuff is over, we would love to play around with you. Totally appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. Shout out to you. So you have uh, a great it, rest of the night. <laughs> eventually what we'll do is if we get a thousand dollars in super chats we we'll will get plane tickets tonight for tomorrow <laughs> we will give no. away something to everybody yeah. you get an iphone you know i'm kidding yeah. okay but, but uh so... john bond was saying cbs sports coverage is great for the sport big picture hopefully this gets the foot in the door for the mainstream coverage which i completely agree agree with like you got to remember that this is the pilot episode this is the first one that we have ever done in the sport of disc golf obviously it's going to be different obviously it's going to be a change from what we're accustomed to but yeah, there's definitely room to improve. I There are still things that I think potentially Jomez can improve or Central Coast can improve on the coverage that we, and, and they do improve it every single year. They do something new. And so, yeah, there's how do you think? How do you think uh, the Jomez guys, like, do you think they, I, I was actually, I was chatting with Jonathan Gomez earlier, but I didn't ask it. I just said, congrats on the success. And we were chatting back and forth about the mm -hmm. segment. Do you think that they literally had their timer like we're gonna sit down with popcorn and pizza or whatever it is like, and they were gonna watch their broadcast? How exciting of a pinnacle moment do you think this was for them? I would say very exciting, to be honest. Like I, I would be ecstatic for me if it was my camera crew. So yeah, I think all of them probably did exactly what you're saying. Is they got the whole Jomez crew together, who they're with right now, and pretty much sat down had popcorn and how do you think um jeremy rusco like how... same thing they were probably all super pumped to be able to watch this <laughs> so, a, a majority of the disc golf world i think was mm -hmm. beyond like i saw so many hundreds and hundreds of shared posts hundreds of instagram posts everyone just really promoting it disc golf uh twitter they were trying to get disc golf trending on twitter i don't know if it actually happened or not but foundation brody paul ton of people were trying to get disc golf trending on twitter for the premiere of this event and hey i think it worked yeah and i guess what i was trying to do with those questions and you actually caught on real quick is like i'm trying to put a perspective on there 
there's always going to be people who do not like something. And I believe this isn't always the case, but it's about perspective. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in their shoes and you have a different perspective. Like they work yeah. extremely hard. They spent, as I said, over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Jomez had a huge, that production right there. I don't think people understand. They didn't just go back in a hotel room and just pump that out overnight. That's not their next day coverage. They had a full crew working for weeks, weeks to put this together. And like, yeah. that's full time. So like, I'm going to just say this, like you obviously can have your opinion. Nobody's going to take away your opinion and it needs to happen. We got to pause. <laughs> Shout because out. Zach, Zach Benson, the founder of the eight holes from Maple Hill, the coverage that we saw last year from MVP open the eight holes, all the big crowd that was there. Zach is probably the founder of that. I would assume. But first time tuning in, quality content. Nick, let's play soon. Zach will definitely play. I'd love to get out to Daisy again. Fun course. He even has a feature card inside of the disc golf birdie game. Uh, the board oh, yeah. game birdie. Yeah, yeah. It's the eight the holes eight card. Holes. And I believe it's a caricature of him on that card. So yep. shout out to him. Totally appreciate that. Again, After GMC, I'll hit you up. Again, Super Chat or is MVP. very new to us. And we don't want to annoy our podcast listeners, but no, we will. Yeah. We will for a dollar. <laughs> um, so if, if you're a podcast yeah. listener, um, we appreciate your support. We do look, and this is true, Nick. I look at the views mm -hmm. or the listens, I should say. And in a lot of ways, those listens come out as a lot more valuable to me. Because I'm like, someone's taking time, whether they're driving or working or whatever, it's to listen, not even see. Well, maybe it's easier to not see us. But yeah. anyways. So I asked Simon last week because we were hanging out the other day. And I was like, hey, man, did any chance you listen to our podcast? And he was like, yeah, I was actually tuned in most of the time. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. I hope, Hopefully he comments one day. But a bunch of supporters here. So CBS could totally use some work. I completely agree with that. I don't know if we want to spend how much longer on it. No, but... we don't. I was just saying you can have your opinions mm -hmm. and everybody's entitled to them and should have opinions. That's how we get better with things. But listen to the people who had the biggest role in putting it out and hear their perspective and, and say, OK, if that was your perspective, like you nailed it. Yeah. And then be like, you know, good job. So we need to push disc golf forward. We need to encourage. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can then say, good job with what you're doing. Have you ever thought about and maybe something in the future could do this? But I think for what this product was supposed to be, I'm they they did an excellent job. And, and this is honestly in our disc golf timeline, this is pretty this is a pretty big moment. It's huge. Not because again, like disc golf has arrived, but a lot more people are going to be exposed to it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Matt, GMC predictions. I'm assuming because I didn't look at the roster. Most most everybody's most everybody's going minus nate sexton minus nate <laughs> which by the way did, was that was that literally an exclusive on our show because i don't the know the usdgc thing or or is that not am i just I, I don't know i didn't hear about it i thought he was pretty much taking the whole year off but yeah i was like Nate's nick, going to i told nick i like yeah. bumped him i'm like i'm gonna ask him if he if there's any chance he plays any events this year yeah. and then he goes 100 percent, and i'm like what <laughs> wait seriously yeah so yeah. that's cool okay so gmc yep um Oh, I don't think Barsby's going to be there, though. I think mm -hmm. Barsby's break, taking a break, too. Is he? And the reason I bring up Barsby is because that's where he won he... Worlds this yeah. last year. Oh, that's a bummer. So if he's not there, um, is Eula Bar Barry going to be there? Yeah. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he's already up there right now, actually. Okay, so he plays it pretty good. He was a contender at Worlds. Yep. Eagle, obviously, is playing really... Oh, my goodness. This is going to be tough. Um, you can't ever, in my opinion, pick against Paul, but you can put people up with him. Mm-hmm. 
So if I'm going to give top four, is it really a hot take to say Ricky, Paul, Eagle, and I'm going to say Nate Perkins plays are good, and he's kind of like a – that's my yep. dark horse. That's my dark horse. Okay, Nate Perkins with the dark horse. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Not Brody Smith. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll put Paul Uliberry up there. So my top four would be Ricky, Paul, Eagle, and Uliberry. But with the dark horse, Nate's um, Nate, Perkins. Nate Perkins. That being said, there are, and I'm so excited about disc golf. Yeah, this is like there's so many possibles. Like throw out any, like Emerson, Keith, Emerson. I mean James um, Conrad, obviously Kevin Jones, Chris Dickerson, Chris. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so, so many what are people. your what are your and um real quick interjection for our podcast yep. listeners. I, I want people to know I appreciate all comments. If I feel like you're being negative, that's just my opinion. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, I SMTX, don't SMTX, like, we don't think you're being negative. I, don't think I actually, are. we really appreciate you commenting and actually responding to the conversation and being a part For of sure. it. For sure. So your top four picks. Top four, Paul, Eagle. That's just so basic. You can't Gosh. do the same as me. I know, right? No, you oh, can. You can if you really believe in it, Nick, and deep down in your heart. Paul, Eagle, Ricky. Ricky's on a tear right now. Eagle's obviously on a mega tear right now. Paul's looking for revenge. Um, Let's see, a number four. So you did the same three. Yeah, I did the Paul same Eagle top three. and Ricky. I want to go top four, my boy Simon Lazat. And then Dark Horse pick. It's not really a Dark Horse, but Chris Dickerson, I feel like he's going to do some big things. I think he got second last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He killed it. But he, um, he might, he should have maybe just been in our top four. I know, right? Because he's not really a Dark Horse pick because he's so good at disc golf. But Okay, I'm going to change it then if it's okay. No. Sorry, Uliberry. No. I'm going to put Dickerson in there, but I, I don't know. It's a roll of the dice, so. Yeah, exactly. I do like your Dark Horse pick with Perkins, though. Doesn't he kind yeah. of? Every, he can shred Brewster. Like, he can. All right. Um, so FPO. that's FPO. I feel like, is Paige Shue going to be there? <laughs> do you have that pulled up? She is. Okay. She says she signed up for it. Oh, man, that's obviously. So here's the deal. When she won World, she won it fair and square, outright, competed harder and better than anybody. Yeah. Awesome, awesome win. So what I'm about to say has nothing to do with that. But I think if Paige Pierce is playing her best, and this is true anywhere, mm-hmm. that nobody's going to beat her. So I'm going to assume that Paige is going to have, would it be considered um, a bounce back after Idol? Or after, wait. What did we just play? Ledgestone. Ledgestone. And who won Ledgestone? Katrina. Right? Yeah. And yeah. who won Paige Idlewild. had a killer last and round. And who won Idlewild? Is it Ellen? Yeah. So she hasn't won back-to-back disc golf pro tours. Yeah. First of all, is that a stat? Is that like how how Paige long has it been since that happened? Pro tour? No, but I'm saying how long has it been since she has not won back-to-back? Oh. Like her bounce back is usually incredible. Oh, I have no idea. That we'll is, have to look that up for next week. Man, so I feel like Paige Pierce is the pick. I feel okay. like she's probably done this mental thing. She's been okay. She's been and everybody has, but she's up there at Smugs in this quarantine bubble. Yep. It's a resort. She's they're able to practice every day. Um, she loves smugs. Yeah, like she's come up there to support U.S. Junior Disc Golf Championships. Like, and she plays rounds there. She hangs out there. Like, it's a good mindset place for them in the mountains. Agreed. I feel you can say, well, she didn't pull off worlds, but I feel like she's going to be on her game. That's my opinion. Yeah, and she's going to win. Um, top three, it's it's fairly easy, but I'm gonna. I think I'm. I'm going to put Paige Shue up there in the top three. Okay. We did top four for F- yeah. uh, MPO. Um, Hokum and Katrina. Okay. So Paige, Paige, Hokum, Katrina. Yeah. I'm going to go Paige, Katrina, Haley King, Heather Young. 
Those yeah, are my, Heather Young is Haley there. King. I think is gonna murder it up there. So, so those are my picks. But I think Paige to win it. Haley second. Dark Kat horse. Third. Dark horse. Heather Young for me. Yeah, I think dark horse for me. Missy Gannon. She's my dark horse. All right. Um, we should get t-shirts. And that's it. All right, guys. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. my dark horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Nick. You are planning to play GMC, so I are you upset I didn't pick you as the Dark Oh, no. Horse? Hannah just commented, Heather Young isn't playing. Sorry, she's listed on here, so no FPO, Dark Horse. Okay, shout out to Hannah Macbeth. First of all, check out her podcast. Commenting on the Nick and Matt show, what else does she have to do, right? So she has a podcast that she started called Party The. Party. Oh, yeah, the, I'm like, Party The. Yeah. No. The Party. Party. And it's a play on words, obviously. And they focus, am I wrong, exclusively on the FPO division. They're highlighting the amazing things that are going on. We had Hannah on for episode number two. Mm -hmm. And we are going to have her on. Nick, we'll set this up. I talked to her recently, too. You are, too. Like, we're going to have her on again. We want her to spotlight um, what is going on there. And we'd love more people to check out what was happening. In fact, agreed. I sound like we have more followers and listeners than them, but they're syndicated, if you want to call it that, with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And with the Disc Golf Pro Tour constantly sharing it, they probably they, have... They might be kicking our ass. I think so. So <laughs> maybe we should go on their show. Hi, Hannah. She says, yay. Hi, friends. Hi. Maybe we should go on their show and be yeah. like, let us tell you what we think about FPO. No, yeah, that's horrible. Exactly. Nobody wants that. Okay. I actually, I sent them a question the other day and okay. I had asked me, she was like, can you send a question? And so I you're involved. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally involved. All right. Maybe. But, okay, so Heather's not playing. That's a really big bummer. Cause... Well, then I guess who else is on there? Uh, maybe I should um, pick Kona. Jessica Weiss. But Missy, I know Kona, Kona even said when, uh, Woods are not her favorite. So Vanessa Van Dyken is a great pick for that. Mm -hmm. She did really well. I'm pretty uh, sure. Well, then I'm going to go. My my dark horse is going to be Haley King then. Okay. So who are your top four? Say it one more time. Paige Pierce, Haley King, Katrina Allen. And now I'm going to go with... Missy Gannon, with my dark horse being Vanessa Van Dyken. That's right. what I switched we'll to. To write these down, <laughs> can't remember them. All. It's not like I'm going to win, anyways. Um, so we've been going for a while, and we want to say thank you again. Will this be our most listened to podcast? That's a curious question I have, but I can tell you this. Um, I don't even know. I'll have to look. For us, this is big. Concurrent live for us, this is big. It was like 180. Okay, that's big for us. That's our yeah. first. Just put it in perspective, our previous biggest one. We were that never over was eighty. Yes, we were never over hundred. We beat yeah. that by hundred tonight. I would like to give that up to Nate Sexton. Oh, hundred percent. Not our yeah. good looks yeah. or our good voices. <laughs> yeah, definitely not that. Um, but I just want to say thank you. Like, as weird as this is, Nick, I started the show off by saying, "Did you ever think?" The beginning of this year, like the bell rings 2020, yeah. like I'm going to be doing a show or I'm talking about disc golf and like people are tuning in to listen. Like it, it hasn't happened. It, like, I mean, no. it, it wasn't something I thought about. It was funny. The first episode we did with Simon and Terry Miller, I think we capped out at like 50 viewers right off the bat. And then Hannah, she brought in another 50, 60 viewers. And then thousand, kinda, 50, 60,000. Yeah. And then we kind of like dropped down a little bit and we were hovering around that 30 or 40 and you know, obviously we're super content with that. We just love putting out content there right now. And this is fun for both Matt and I, and that's why we like doing it. Um, but all of a sudden Nate was talking when he was full screened and I look over and I, I kind of point to Matt. I'm like, dude, 
we're at 170 people right now watching while CBS disc golf is going on. So like Matt said, thank you so much. That's super generous of everyone on here. Um, we had some great conversation with the chat tonight with Nate Sexton. Um, and people gave us money. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Okay. COVID is really weird year yeah. 2020, but we just wanted to say thank you so much. We are going to be announcing another giveaway that's coming sooner than later mm -hmm. because nobody claimed the thousand subscriber giveaway. So get excited, everybody. Matt, are, Matt and I are going to think of a fun way to make it more for the people probably yeah. who are tuning in live, probably, but we don't, we'll maybe we'll wait it. Yeah. Maybe we'll wait it a little bit. So like there's more of a chance because yeah. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. But um, no hot takes on that yet. <laughs> no hot takes. All right. Nick, what do you got? Nothing? No. Thank you. Please like, subscribe, hit the thumbs up button on YouTube. Check out on all your favorite podcast listening apps. We'll be there. All right. Audio Have a great week, everybody. everyone. Peace. We'll see you around. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.